Santos of the Mile High Show. You're listening to episode, I don't remember, is it 201? 202? I don't know. Look in the notes. <laughs> 200 and something. I just got done recording this with uh, the cast of Art. It is a play directed by Paul Epic. I'm going to get everybody's names wrong, so just listen to the show. We got JP, we got Hoodoo, we got Jim, and we got Walt. So uh, it directed by, by Paul Epic. So listen to the show. Go over to the uh, pca-az.net. That is the website for the Prescott Center for the Arts. The link's right there in the show notes. Had a great time talking. The six of us sat around at the stage to the small black box theater there uh, right, uh, right behind Peregrine Brooks, I believe. Right in an alley. I had to walk through a dark alley uh, as storm clouds were coming overhead. And, uh, and uh, I had to park and grab a bag and, uh, and make sure my wallet was hidden. It was, it was like 1987 all over again. I was walking through a back alley with, uh, with bad intentions, I think is what was going on. Uh, but I had a great time. We sat right there on the stage under the lights and plugged in and talked about art, talked about theater, talked about production, talked about all kinds of stuff. It was a great time. Uh, it begins tomorrow. I'm putting this up tonight as we recorded. Uh, and the stage play runs from tomorrow through March 10. So check out pca-az.net for info on how you can get tickets and showtimes and all that stuff. There's also a video clip uh, there with the cast uh, on the pca-az.net website. Uh, I'll link that right there at milehighshow.com. Go check them out. It was a lot of fun talking with these guys. I want to sit down and talk with them individually as well. JP and Jim, I sat down and talked uh, Lost in Yonkers Oh, about a year or so ago. So go on the archives, milehighshow.com, and check out the archives for that interview. Uh, but I want to sit down and talk with these guys individually because they all got some great stories to tell and some fun, uh, some fun times. So uh, check that out. Uh, again, it really emphasized the reason I do this show to begin with is to promote and talk with and get to know the arts in and around Arizona, specifically the Prescott area. And uh, so go out, support local art, wherever you're listening to this from, uh, whether it be here in the States, overseas, back east, out west, down south, up north, whatever. Find some local art, some local artists in your area and support them. Uh, so what I did is I left the theater as they were getting ready to rehearse, got in my truck, drove up the street and came over to Jersey Lilies. They are having the Glenn Walker Classic Rock Jam Night here at Jersey Lilies like they do every Wednesday, and that's what you're hearing now. They are playing. They are playing some music. They are local artists having a good time. And uh, the reason I am here is twofold, threefold. I wanted to hear some good music, and I needed a spot to plug in and, uh, and record this intro. And Jersey Lilies has great music. And I had to use the restroom. And they got a clean restroom. And the, uh, the main reason, I think, is because uh, Jersey Lilies, free popcorn. So I'm eating free popcorn while I, uh, while I listen to some good music. Uh, if you want to also support artists and art, you can support the shows that support them. So find a venue that, uh, that displays their art or lets them perform. Or find a podcast. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's one out there that you want to uh, support. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's this one. And maybe you want to use that Amazon link and support the show. It takes you to your Amazon or Amazon Prime login like you normally do. doesn't cost you anything extra. Face it, you're going to buy stuff online anyway. It doesn't matter. Use my link. And it gives, uh, lets Amazon know you got to them through us, and they give us a little something at the end of uh, at the end of the month. So, do that so I can afford to to buy a beverage to go with my free popcorn at Jersey Lilies every Wednesday night for the Glenn Walker Classic Rock Jam. Uh, so I can go to plays like Art over at Prescott Center for the Arts. So I can go to, oh, I don't know. Maybe a stand-up comedy show. It's mentioned in the podcast. My friend and, uh, and fiancé of JP, 
uh, is uh, is Cynthia Sobo. She's been on the show before. Go listen to the archives at milehighshow.com and listen to Cynthia Sobo talk about Mile High Comedy Theater. It is full of talented people. Don't don't mistake it for this hacky Mile High Show podcast. They're professionals, and they went out of business for a while, and they're back. Mile High Comedy Theater right here in Prescott. they got a Facebook page. It's right there in the show notes as well. I am uh, talking to them about doing some things together. We're going to be doing some uh, some co-hosting and co-producing of some comedy shows here in Prescott area. What do you think of that? We're going to laugh. We're going to bring comedy back to Prescott. Have some fun here on Whiskey Row and around. They've got a show in June over at the Elks Theater. I'm pretty sure i got to buy a ticket for that. They're not going to let me go in with them. I think i got to buy a ticket like the rest of you guys. Um, that's it. Support local artists. PCA-AZ.net for art and uh, Paul Epic's production of art with the uh, fine folks that you are hearing right now. Oh, and the closeout music, that's going to be uh, probably the intro too. I don't know. That's Paul. That's Paul Epic playing JP's harmonica. He put his lips on a strange man's uh, harmonica just for the, for the podcast. So, uh, you know, that took guts. Right off the bat, let's just go. Did you bring your harmonicas? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> let's just go around. I want to be able to introduce. Go ahead. I James. might have a harmonica. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then I don't have to steal intro music off the internet <laughs> and get shut down on YouTube. I, I was kidding, but he's going to go grab one. Let's just kind of go around. I'd like to know. One, introduce yourselves, and we'll just kind of go a little bit about you and what your role is with the play named Art. Is that correct? Do I got that right? Got it. Paul. Tall Paul. Yeah, play named Art. I'm Paul Epic, director of Art by Yasmina Riza, uh, being performed at Stage 2 at Prescott Center for the Arts. It's in the alley behind Murphy's fourth dumpster on the left. (laughs) My background's in theater. I have done some film and some television, but a lot of theater. I studied at University of Arizona, and I also did a professional acting workshop with Mark P. Duke for about four to five years. And you are no stranger to hanging around in alleys either. So. No stranger so to alleys. Just, Got this, plenty of alley stories. This if you'd is like just to a hear some of those. We'll get yeah. back to a couple of those. <laughs> Got harmonica. I'm Please. Walt Mendelssohn. I play Ivan. Um, I'm a musician, visual artist. I've been acting here for about seven years. Nice. And, and what's your role here? I'm Ivan. Ivan. Ivan You're playing Ivan. Ivan the Joker. What's what's summarize Ivan in a sentence or two? Well, I'm I'm kind of goofy. I I don't really care about the painting as much as I care about these two guys, my best friends. Goofy and don't care. I thought maybe you were directing. No? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yes. He doesn't have the refined sensibilities that his only two friends in life have. Hi, JP. I'm Jonathan Perpich. I go by JP, and uh, I play the character of Mark. Mark is one of the three friends, and um... I don't know if I can boil him down to two or three words, but he's, uh, he's an aeronautical engineer, comes from a very, very conservative world and does everything in his power to um, not be conservative. <laughs> uh, and is a prag- pragmatist because he's very upset about the fact that his best friend has spent so much money on... A complete piece of <laughs> a, a work of art that is not a work of art. And um, can we say that? No, I'll beep that. I'll bleep that out. We can't say. You that. know what? Uh, I, I I meet with comics and musicians and stuff. There's I, I never have a problem. So I guess the I, I sit F down word with, is completely out of yeah, the question. Yeah, I sit down with degenerate actors and look what I got to do. <laughs> Amen. One one of the things <laughs> I love about this play, Matt, is. A theme that I've always loved, which is the Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah. And uh, you'll see quite a bit of that in this particular play. So it's a political piece. Uh, (laughs) Symbolically only. Everything I do is a political piece. Uh, 
Speaking Alrighty. of political. Next up. Oh, well, uh, Albert Hendo. I'm, uh, I, I go by Hendo. I'm uh, AD on this thing, assisting uh, directing Paul. And uh, basically the dramaturge, you know, the guy that nitpicks. Uh, the guy that everybody hates. And the builder of couches is what I saw last week. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a handy guy. That's why I'm also known as the Amazing Hendo. Uh, <laughs> he's the Amazing Hendo, too. And now he's running I, I like to say, like, I, 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 my job was adding colors to the palette for our painting. I, there I are the no program. colors. There are no freaking colors. I, I guess I'm more of the gesso impresario. Uh, in, in <laughs> I just keep adding gesso, more gesso. Next up, Jim Pydock. Uh, I play uh, Serge, uh, the three guys. Uh, uh, I have bought the painting, which is, uh, it's, in appearance is white, but it's very, the depth of it, there's a wide range of grays. There's even not a little bad. red in it. <laughs> the depth you of the white. You could say it was very pale, but it's not white. <laughs> and uh, so, the, so I think... What I love about this, to be serious for a minute, is that from the moment I read it, it took me about a third of the way in until I got absorbed into it, and by the end, I cried. Nice. I mean, I really did, because it's, it's three men, and I can relate to you know, our relationship about how we uh, do our thing. You know? And uh, during rehearsal, my character got a little softer, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little softer. Mm-hmm. Yes, a little... Uh, uh, Light in a loafer. I, I shouldn't even say like like that. I mean, light in a loafer. You know, but uh, that's the term. Like, you shouldn't even say bleep like that. But the that? play is a real actor's play. It just yeah. is. It's it's a real joy. Paul, give us a little a little synopsis of what what the play is, what it encompasses, and what uh, what the audience can kind of expect. As they come in, I'm going to put this up tonight. So opening night is tomorrow at PCA, correct? Tomorrow right, night. Yes. Stage two. Give us a little. Give us a little bit of of what what this is. What this piece is. Well, to me, the play's always been about acceptance. Serge has bought a painting, a white painting with white lines, and he's paid two hundred thousand dollars for it. This painting has a profound effect on these characters. For Serge, it's his new love. For Mark, it's the source of a new illness that he has yet experienced, which we see him experience. For Ivan, we don't know what I... Ivan, I think, is, <laughs> Ivan, I think is taking too much acid. Um, however, the painting does have a mysterious effect and a profound effect on this friendship. So... Not only does it rip them apart, but through their trials and troubles, brings them back together. Yeah. And, and ultimately, in the end, it is about accepting each other. And if that means having to accept the painting as what it is, accepting the painting for what it is, doesn't mean we have to like it, but we have to accept it. And it speaks to society today. Yeah. We may not like some of the issues that we see in the news all the time. But we do. We need to accept them. We need to accept people. And that's what it's about for me. That's we especially don't like the subject of that negative news. Thank you. <laughs> well, and that, you, know, you bring up an interesting point, because specifically this portion of Yavapai County, Prescott in general, uh, can have so many different dynamics for politics, for art, for economic, social classes, you know, you can, you can travel up the highway pretty close to where I just came from, you know, and Paulden's got a whole different feel on one side of the highway than it does on the other. It has a whole different feeling than obviously Sedona or even parts of Prescott. And right here in downtown, close by to PCA, you could walk into a restaurant, a bar, a, a, a gallery and have a very different conversation about politics about news than you will right here in this in this theater and you're going to be playing to a pretty vast diverse audience yep. uh, a cultural hotbed yeah. if you will um, we talk about culture in the play which is one of Mark's favorite subjects 
<clears throat> and he has some very timid feelings about that. Ha ha ha. Mark uh, has no timid feelings about anything. How, how did this piece get chosen? Is this something that and, and educate me, educate the listeners on how how a, a work gets chosen to be presented to be produced? Is it in a rotation? Do you get to hand pick it? Is it a committee? What how does that happen? We do. There is a place selection committee. We do as directors um, all of us here, with the exception of Walt, are directors. We submit the nice. pieces. The play selection committee chooses it. And then we're designated as directors uh, for certain pieces. This particular piece was on the table for a few years, and it, its number came up. Yeah. And it was, uh, in the 90s, received uh, a Tony whole Award. bunch of awards. Yeah, Tony nice. Award, Best Play, Broadway. Best, best Written Play. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things about it. We were talking about this, I was talking this with some friends, that uh, when we get through this, the audience almost feels, I'm really going to sound like pompous and snobby <laughs> now, but you? the audience, I think, feels smarter. Yeah. Because of the language. The language is very intricate and uh, and... You know, words you don't use every day. And who wrote it? Who's, who's the author? Yasmina Reza. Yeah. A woman writes about three men and has a whole different perspective. Plus, it was no. originally written in French. Oh, yeah. really? Right, which is tough sometimes. Now, and the guy that translated, the guy that translated is a Brit. So we came <laughs> so across a few things. Again, you know, uh, you know, you just try to refine it, make it American. You know? Now, open to. Oh, go ahead. Jim. Yeah, to pick up on what Jim was saying. Um, it's, you know, when I first read it, my concern was that it was too cerebral, too yeah. heady, um, too lofty. And, you know, as we started to explore these characters and explore the, the journey that they go on, I realized that it's very primal. I mean, really powerfully primal. It really hits to the base of emotion and thinking. And Absolutely. Um, which, which, to add on to that, I don't want to interrupt you, but the fact that a woman has this... this uh, you know, her looking into men, yeah. you know, and how we, because yeah. we have this whole thing about we don't re- react emotionally as we should. You know, we're not, uh, I used to have the said to me, if it said once a hundred times, I was emotionally unavailable in a relationship, <laughs> yeah. you know? Speak for yourself, macho man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a woman, a woman writing it was to me very interesting. Yeah. You know? yeah. Sometimes you can watch, especially, you know, you go to, you know, go to TV, sitcoms, things of that nature. There's some great productions out there. There's some great programs. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure we've all seen where you could tell if it's a, uh, a, 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 an ethnic show, you know, with a, with, a, with a specific ethnic group as the main characters. You can almost tell. Somebody outside that group wrote it. You can almost wow. see where it's a woman character, and you go just by the dialogue. You know, most likely a man wrote that, or the other way around. Interesting. You can, and you know, in in comedy, you can you can almost see where the the uh, the the suits have told them which direction to go because well, this is somebody that doesn't understand comedy. Yeah. Do, you're saying that this was written in a way that doesn't reflect that. No, it, it, correct. Yeah. Yes, it has an insight that, I, and I, I, I'll just bring this up. That I, when we first started rehearsal back in the seventies, there was a film called uh, uh, Atlantic City, uh-huh. directed by Milos Forman. Yeah, Burt Lancaster was in it. Yep. And, and uh, it was about before it was about the death of Atlantic City, and Milos Forman was not American, and he came and saw this with a foreigner's eye, you know, a non-American eye, and got so much more out of it. Hmm. Which I think happens here. A woman looking at these men, getting things that we would never, I don't think I would be able to uh, express on paper. To, from know? the outsider looking in. Yeah, at a, a, a different way. I don't know how to explain it, but it, huh. it's, it's positive is what I'm trying to say. You know? Nice. For me, anyway. I love that movie. Atlantic City. Yeah, very what Susan Sarandon could do with a lemon. Washing your breast with a lemon, yeah. Speaking about macho. <laughs> Speaking about dinosaurs. <laughs> so what, what was the process for you guys to get involved with this? Was this an audition process? Is it Always. you guys? Okay. Yeah. Well, JP, why'd you, why, why did you want to be part of this production? 
I had nothing better to do. <laughs> nothing better to do? Um, so not much has changed since the last time we talked. Yeah, right. <laughs> do you get no, to wear a hat not, in this one? That's <laughs> no, I wear some interesting things in this one. Um, no, that, you know, first of all, I love working with Paul. Uh, absolutely love working with Paul. And pretend you know. he's not here and keep talking about that. And we, it may we, change. We, yeah. Say, I'm right here. <laughs> we got to do American Buffalo yeah. a couple of years ago, and uh, Jim happened to be in that one as well. Uh, Walt was very much involved in that project as well. And so there was a really powerful energy. Jim and I talk a lot about that experience, and uh, I may have even mentioned it to you on a couple of mm-hmm. occasions. That, I think, was one of the most rewarding um artistic journeys that I've ever been on. It was astounding. It was just, and I kept thinking, this is what they mean by it's about the process as opposed to the outcome or yeah. the result. Um, and I, I, you know, I'd hope to kind of recapture that a little bit. Um, and so I, you know, Paul mentioned that he was directing it. I asked him if there was a role that could have been appropriate for me. He said, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I came to audition and saw that Jim had come to audition and thought, you know, maybe we'll be able to do something similar to this again. And, and then Wald has added just this incredibly beautiful new energy to this thing. Um, you, know, I, you know, to see him here at the rehearsal space in the theater night after night just supporting us when we were doing the other show and now being a part of it and actually grinding through it together with us. And so that was part of it, Paul and the people involved. Then I read the script and I thought, man, this is different. There's something um, stylistic about it. There's something art. You know, the the name of the play is art, but it's in quotes. Yeah. And uh, there's also this this beautiful theatricality. We have these moments that we call tableaus where characters will basically freeze and another character will address the audience um, and be able to give that subtextual thought. And then go back into it. and Nice. Uh, so, so those are nice moments. I love that kind of stuff. Um, and it has turned out to be its own unique and distinct journey. We have moments that we, we remember, we're reminiscent about the, uh, the Buffalo experience, thinking like this is, this is like that. We're finding things every single night. But it's, it's different, man. It's, it's, it's its own process right now. <laughs> How? Talked about. Uh, let me just follow up on that because he, he always gives me these beautiful <laughs> pieces of red meat to go after. But we 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 said during the process there were so many stones to un you know to unearth and like we'd un- unearth and we think yeah now we have it oh wait a minute there's another stone under yeah. that stone you know what I mean that's the depth of for me I don't want to get too lofty about it but this play is just a joy as far as discoveries nice. and finding ways to do those you know things you know so and Paul's created an environment that has been really uh, supportive of some of the things that we're finding that I think had we not been able to be in that kind of environment with that kind of guidance man some of the I think some of the most precious moments of this play maybe I should some of the most powerful moments Mm -hmm. of this play um, have been because Paul has allowed us to explore and because we've got three people that are willing to now educate me as a, as an audience member as a as you know not not being an actor when you say explore and and experiment a little bit on, on some of that stuff is this a word for word script do you guys improvise at all have you adjusted it at all what's the process how does how does that work it's pretty much word for word there is um opportunities and there are moments in the show where a little bit of improv comes into play uh, to help move the scene along but these guys who I consider all professionals Uh they learn every single word the way it was written they perform it like that if they drop something or if they need something to pull them through they'll make it up they'll bail each other out gotcha if they see okay so and so is going up on a line or you know, they're, they're in the wrong spot or something. These guys will bail each other out. It's live theater. It's a live animal that moves. And it's, sure, it's the same words every night. It's a well-greased machine yeah. in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, every night's just a little different. There's a different reaction. There's a different emotion possibly going nice. behind it. I'll, I'll um, give you a quick example. Uh-huh. Uh, one night we're in rehearsal, 
And uh, Jim's got a line about a, uh, a French philosopher, a French writer named Paul Valéry. Um, <laughs> Valéry, Valéry. And, you know, so we're trying to figure out what's the proper way to say it. <laughs> and he's looked it up online. He's played it, you know, the audio version of it. Uh, Walt is incredible with his vast knowledge of various things. And so it's like, well, I don't know. And, well, this is, the, this is the French version. So anyway, Jim picked one. And we're going to say the way that I heard it online, Paul Valéry. And then it just was a moment where we got to explore a little bit. And, I, yeah. and you know, we started working. I said, well, what if, the, uh, what if my character doesn't agree with the pronunciation? And then we found stuff about the conflict between the two. And it was reflective of their relationship. You know, and so we're arguing about the nature of how you pronounce the name. Right. It wasn't about the person anymore. It was about the pronunciation <laughs> of his name. Yeah. And yeah. so... You know, and lesser actors, and lesser actors would have tried to imbue the person's name, being Paul Valeri or Valari, whatever it is, yeah. and they would have tried to imbue that meaning. Whereas the the meaning to us, what it means to us, is they're arguing about the way you pronounce the name. <laughs> there is a lot of wordplay in this. Yeah. We do say some cuss words in it. But we're very eloquent filthy, about the way we say them. Filthy, filthy, degenerate actors. <laughs> and to, uh, to put a button on what Paul was just saying uh, regarding the wordplay and, and that particular uh, uh, sequence, it brings out the childish nature in these characters. And that, that's kind of a recurrent theme, with, uh, especially with this playwright. Uh, another uh, play she has written, God of Carnage, is it also explores the childish tendencies of adults and it's it's fun to watch and the audience gets really caught up in it and they can see themselves going through the same thing mm. and the, the, the this this previous scene it, it is hilarious because yeah. they're they're arguing how to pronounce the damn guy's name. Walt, what do you, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. Walt, correct? Yeah. What do you hope the audience walks away with after after viewing the production of art? What do you want? Is it you strictly just entertained? What do you no, want no, no, them no. thinking the, about? The joy of this play is that it certainly it's been performed simply as entertainment. Uh huh. And you go for the laughs. The lines are light. Everybody has fun. Everybody applauses. Nice everybody applauds and leaves. But what Paul got us to do is to really think about our backgrounds and the characters and what this means. And so what comes out is, is really two things. Uh, one is relational. What the three of us? What happens? This this we go from perhaps complacency to an apocalypse because of a white square. And, and then we kind of make up, although that's ambiguous. It's not completely clear. We probably will never be the same. But this is like all, all good relationships. The other thing I think that people would leave with, I hope, is the question, what is art? She could have, she could have said, she could have put in a dog. My friend Serge just bought a dog. Mm -hmm. My friend Serge just bought a Ferrari. She not only made it a painting, but she put the word art in quotation marks. This is yeah. important. And so it's an interesting question. What is art? Now, clearly, Mark and JP don't like <laughs> a white painting. But on the other hand, what, what Ivan keeps saying is if it, if it makes him happy and he can afford it, if it's not hurting anybody. Now, Mark claims it's hurting him, but then there's the, 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 the nub of the play. Interesting, but, because Jason Wheeler came in last night and said he went to an art exhibit in Phoenix in a gallery, and the display was a moving light, and he ranted and raved against it for about an hour <laughs> afterwards. He's like, that's he not art! I know, Jason. Then he just probably realized he was on the corner waiting for the light to change. <laughs> he hadn't even got there yet. Got you, Jason. We back, love you. Back to one of your previous questions about uh, the preparation for uh -huh. it. Uh, if, if it's just words and movement, you know, from the script, that's something. But we sit and we call table work, and other actors uh -huh. do it too. And we talk about the characters as has been brought up here. And way in the beginning, uh, Paul, the director, gave us this beautiful, I felt, um, jewel. And it was that the three of us, we mentioned that we have been to, we've been friends for 15 years. 
And what, what Paul came up with, and we fleshed out a little bit, was that the three of us met at an asylum. You know, we were, we were, <laughs> we were all three committed for different reasons to this asylum. Various types of met. nervous breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Nervous breakdowns, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And uh, so it, all through the play, for us, the audience may not even see it or understand it or that, get it. That backstory. We're taking care of each other and checking. We're always checking. Is he okay? Is he all right? You think he's okay? You know what I mean? So we're always, and that's, we go right there. I go right there in, in my head as an actor. Like, And that's why I was saying it's not, we've taken uh, other than entertainment. Correct. It's by yeah. giving yeah. it the, those emotions. Yeah. So it's I mean, loaded. I think people nah, last yeah. night saw, saw you guys fighting, and it was. They felt it. Yeah. yeah it's oftentimes it. not what's seen on the page or in said. the script yeah. Yeah. Or, or the stage directions. Mm-hmm. What it is is it's the unseen story underneath it all that drives their individual characters. So you want me, you want me to give you my two-minute acting class? Yeah, go. All right. <laughs> I may need it when I get home if I'm late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is one thing that we, they're talking about as far as how we approach this. Um, and that's why I love the core of this group, the willingness. to. Um, I, I practice what are called the three eyes. The first thing we do is we investigate. As if I were a news reporter, I take a look at, at what is on the page. What does the writer tell me about my character? I write it all down. And then the next thing is inference. What is implied about my character? I write that information down. And that maybe give me, maybe I play a character who's 60 years old, you know, and a, and a, a writer that gives me a ton of information about a character. Last of the Red Hat Lovers is a good example, Neil Simon. There's a yeah. lot of information about that character, uh, about Barney. But, um, and then what you're left with, by the way, even if they give you a ton of information, are years and years and years of actual de- human development that you don't know um, what happened when he was 43 and a half, what happened yeah. when he was seven years old. So that third thing is imagination uh, where we start to begin to do the work that they've just described. We fill in those blanks by talking about who they are to each other, right? What's happened in their lives, what shaped them. And so I get to do that with these guys. And this, it's a, it, that, that's why I think it's a three-dimensional. We have characters that actually have depth and we have a show that actually has uh, meaning behind it. So I don't want to forget where we are right now because obviously you guys have all worked with the other theater as well, the mainstays. Yeah. Beautiful sets. Uh, you know, it's small, but it's you know, the, you you've got scenery. You've got a great theater in there. I walked in here for the very first time and the other day, last week, and was captivated by the by the feel of this place, how intimate it is. Talk a little bit, open to all of you, about the differences between uh, working on a large stage, JP, on a, on a television set where I know you've been on movie sets all the way down to this tiny little spot. And if we can, let's start with Paul, because I know you've performed, I I know you more from the music scene in this area. And you've played large festivals, you've played large clubs, you've played large, and I've seen you in tiniest of the tiny little, little venues where we're literally this close, two, three feet from where you're performing as an audience member. What's the dynamic for a stage presentation, a dramatic presentation in well, your eyes. Matt, this may be something that some of your listeners can relate to if they're peeping toms. <laughs> and that is that when you come in here to an intimate black box theater like this, it's like spying on someone in their living room or whatever setting they're in. You have the sense that you're there. It's palpable in the room. As close as I'm sitting to you and the rest of these gentlemen (laughs) becomes quite an intimate experience um, where emotion radiates off these these actors and and penetrates into the audience. And it's it's a palpable feeling. Are, are we seeing the entire set? Is there more scenery than is this? Is it? Ain't no more. So when you're performing, when you're Walt, when you're when you're, you know, tomorrow night when 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 you guys go live, 
how does that change for you as an actor, as a performer, as opposed to being on a larger stage, wherever that happens to be, whether it be across the alleyway here, which still, as a larger stage, isn't that large, but or a larger format. How, how do you address that as a performer? Well, I, think, <clears throat> I think the key, obviously, is the word intimacy. Um, you, you literally are right here. If I were, I have more experience performing music than I do acting. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when you can't see the audience, or maybe just the front row, um, you're, you're playing, you, you can feel them, but you can't see them. Here, you see them. Yeah. And, and it's immediate. I don't know that there are words other than things like intimacy or closeness. Connection. But connection, but it is right there. And you know, it's, that's good and bad. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Give, give me you an example. Hide. Give me an example as specific as you'd like to of a bad experience that you've you've had on stage. Oh, you brought it up. <laughs> that's easy. Well, that's easy. I mean, if your scene partner or if you simply go blank. And it's what's interesting is that I think there's there's, there's stage time where you know, it feels like an hour and a half. <laughs> you're sitting there, and you, you know, if it's your scene partner and you're, you're feeding them lines, you're, you're trying to move on, yeah. nothing is happening. <clears throat> that's, an, that's an interesting experience. Any, anything specific that you recall? Any specific production? Oh, or yeah. The, the first, the first I want to hear show dirt. here was uh, <laughs> uh, Rab, Rabbi and the Shiksa, and my scene partner simply forgot his lines, so I... And, and the line he forgot was necessary for my line. Because for you to words. advance on. So, you know, I went back, and then I ad-libbed. We were playing cards, and I said he's cheating, and I went on and on, tried to, anything I could do. And he, he, later he said, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what you said. I wasn't going to find that line. Now, it turns out I saw, they videoed that performance, and I, I played it. That, that one scene, I don't know, five or six times, because did, you, did, did they edit it out? Because it was probably yeah. only five seconds. Gotcha. Five seconds. It felt, I, I swear, it was two, three, four, <laughs> five minutes. Can I minutes. tell you a real quick one? Yeah, please. Way back in, in the 70s, I was doing, um, a, with two other people, uh, a Chekhov's The Marriage Proposal. And we were doing it, you know, we were getting paid for it, but we had to perform in different places. It was crazy. But, uh, and I was in my heyday now, then, with um, uh, my self-destructive behavior. I drank all the time. <laughs> and, I, and one of the guys who was in the play with me uh, uh, drank with me. So we would come and do this play. We did it all week long. A perfect and, storm. Yeah, oh, it's a great, yeah. But, but what we got together was, I said, let's listen. If I go up, that's what we call it in theater. If I go up, I forget my line. Uh -huh. I'm going to look at you and say, oh, I know you. And that's like a real, that's like you know, a Chekhov thing in the play, right? And it worked for a while until one night I looked at him and I said, oh, I know you. And he looked at me and he went, oh, I know you too. <laughs> And we were both like 25 <laughs> minutes later, the, the audience was wondering, oh, man. Since, since he's here, I'm going to tell you another quick story that's relative to that with Paul. As I was doing a show in this theater a few years back called The Good Doctor by Neil Simon. And Paul had put together a concept where there was a four-person band behind uh -huh. the actors. And um, for some reason... Nothing to do with Neil Simon's uh, dialogue because it was wonderful. I could not remember these lines. I've been doing this for a long time, yeah. and this one got me for some reason. And it was in nearly the same place every night. So Paul came up with a beautiful device, and he had one of the... Uh, Walt, as a matter of fact, was the musician back there that had a script on a music with stand. With all the sound cues. Right? Yeah. And um, when I would go up, as Jim just mentioned that term, when I would literally be stalled and have no idea where to go from here um i would just turn around paul said just turn around come back to the band and and since the band represented a part of my internal thinking process right they were like yeah. my alter ego my alter ego i could go back and i would look at one of them look, look at walter i can go it was a russian play so 
what am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and he would feed me the cue until one night the son of a bitch, what did you say? I said, what am I thinking? And he said... I will give you three guesses. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> nice. So, we have those different devices. For me, I love this space. I'm, yeah. I'm just really, I have so many good memories in here. I recently got to do Tuesdays with Maury. I got to play with oh, Maury beautiful. Schwartz in here. And, you know, I don't, I just can't imagine it. That particular production anywhere else. It was so intimate. It was so, you know, they talk about the difference between film, television acting versus stage acting. Uh -huh. And, you know, so much of it has to do with nuance. Um, there are nuances that you can get away with when a camera's, you know, zoomed in mm -hmm. and your head takes the entire frame and they're watching your lips move and you're seeing, they're actually hearing breathing, et cetera. Whereas on a, you know, a stage with six, 700 seats in the audience, you, there's no way that you could get away with that nuance. Yeah. But here you can, and it calls for it. As a matter of fact, I, Paul gave me a piece of direction that I don't remember ever getting before. He said, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> now, through, through the course of my career, I've photographed. Photography is my bread and butter. Uh, I've done huge arena shows, music-wise. I've done uh, small studio stuff. There's, for me, there's nothing like an audience member to being in a tiny little club or a coffee shop, seeing a little combo playing or something like that. What do you guys prefer, or is there a preference, or is it just great no matter where you're performing to be doing something like JP, like you've done for television, for movies, or a larger stage, or the small intimate little black boxes like this? Do you guys have a preference? Let me just say real quickly about, and I want to give this to Hendo because he's not had a chance to talk much of this thing, but if we go for film and stage, you know, mm -hmm. um, we can get uh, a wrestler, you know, to do a scene in a film because they'll do 85 takes yeah. of one line. You know what I mean? We in this play, not to pat us on the back, but we come out here and we don't stop. To one it shot goes deal. for one hour and 40 minutes of straight through. No break, no halftime, no nothing. I, I was going to say, I heard it was like 148, but you shaved off we four shaved. minutes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, shaved. We yeah. Picked up the pace. <laughs> that's, one, that's, that's, that's the pace. That's one, look at lines or anything. We're 136. Yeah, that's the word on the street. Yeah. 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 Hendo got Maybe. us to shave it down. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that immediate away. gratification of having that interaction or that observation of the audience to you is really, really what Let me give fires you, you up. A, a specific, specific. Back the in the seventies. No, no. I, so this I, play, I heard this about play, that decade on the History play. Channel. There's a scene with the three of us on stage, <clears> and I'm not even looking at them, and they're talking about me, and I turn to listen to them. And he's, uh, uh, Mark is asking um, Ivan how he feels about the painting. And I turn and look at them, and I'm in that scene, even though I'm not saying anything. Yeah. And last night I could feel the audience respond to my turn. You know what I mean? So nice. that's, the intimacy is there. You know what I mean? They had the scene. I'm not even in it. I turn and I could feel them. You know, see nice. me react to it. You know, so it was beautiful. Great acting experience, you know, for me anyway. It, it's it's a wonderful thing to see. I mean, uh, I've been every day of rehearsal with these guys and every night of performance, and I'm still laughing. And I, yes, I, I you know, <laughs> and it's 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 a genuine laugh. It is. It is a genuine, Hendo, it's for the right by reason. The way, Hendo, to toot his horn a little bit, he comes from the L.A. area, and he's got a resume as as long as impressive as Jim and JP here. Put together, um, probably. And, yeah. and uh, he's a future director for the organization for Prescott nice. Center for the Arts. He should be directing as soon as summer or shortly after. And what an incredible addition uh, to this play he has here, been. Here. Are, are you at his own theater for 23 years in L.A. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Do you Thank have you. a preference, uh, drama, comedy, or just a good piece? 
It, it, actually, yeah, the, the latter, or the latest, you said. <laughs> latter's always one of two, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, uh, the last one. Uh, I, it, it really doesn't matter if it's drama or comedy, uh, as long as it's, it, it's, it has some bite to it. It yeah. says something, it's well-written, uh, gives the opportunity for, for you to, to get some great actors. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, a, a very cynical director I worked under one time, he, he was telling one day uh, after rehearsal, he was saying, 90% uh, of directing is casting. So I asked him what the other 10% was. He said, recasting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's the door. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's actually true. 90% is, is the casting because these guys, they, they, the roles fit these guys like a glove. I mean, yeah. that, you know, now they're, uh, it's not to say that when you read this play, you can see Jim as Serge and JP as Mark and, and Walton as, as, as Ivan. But these guys have molded these things, and it just, it, yeah. you look at them, and, and within just a couple of minutes of the play and hearing the, the, these actors speak, you, you know what these guys are all about. And that's just uh, that's that's that obviously is very good directing, but it's also spot on casting. Nice, nice. Yeah. Kind of a little off. To, well, no, not off topic. It's, it's within topic. You, you all have mentioned the uh, way that art is in quotation marks. Expand on that a little bit. What, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Well, I think I think if it were just art with no quotation marks, then fairly easily you could have had that substitution. It could have been a car, could have could been, been a dog, could have been a girlfriend, could have been, could have been Arthur. Yeah. Could have been <laughs> Arthur. But, but I think... Behind the stage at the Honeymooners. Yeah. But I think the playwright is telling us this is, this is about art. As much as it's about people, it's mm -hmm. about art. And, and um, my understanding of, is that Risa, the playwright... Uh, is a, a visual artist as well. So this would be something dear to her heart. Uh, because it, it is a serious question. Is a white painting yeah. art? And you know, the interesting thing is we have that conversation almost every rehearsal. It usually starts as a joke, but then we start talking about it. Because it is an important question. Art is, art if you take it more generally, is theater, it's, it's visual arts, yeah. it's, also, it's a lot of stuff. What else in our lives, what do you do when you go home? I will read a book, that's art. Yeah. Oh, you know, you, photography, that's art. Mm -hmm. Turn on the TV, you, you watch art. So it's a, big, it's a big part of our lives. You guys are all artists in different mediums, all of you in multiple mediums. As an artist, as a creator, what have you created that was not generally accepted as art? Was there something that shocked you that you were part of or that you performed that people just didn't get or didn't understand? <laughs> I'd, I'd say my many appearances on The Gong Show. <laughs> I used I but used to the dance producers, on bar tables the producers for tips and drinks. Enough, sorry, the producers uh, liked me enough. They kept bringing me back because they knew I'd be gone. So, so the least <laughs> we, we we need to. I need to know. I need to know that? a little bit about this. Tell, tell, give me some background. I, just wanna... oh, I had I had this character I came up with. Uh, this comic, like a really bad lounge comic, <laughs> Slats Mahone, and I had this emphysemic <laughs> laugh. I I punch every joke with when something like this. Hope I don't blow your microphone out. <laughs> They tell like really bad jokes, you know, like cannibal jokes, you know, or knock knock jokes, that kind of thing. They're on YouTube. Oh, Please or, tell me they're on YouTube. I do, I do an impression. I say here, uh, I have an impression. I like, oh, and it was from New Jersey, it was from Bayonne. Slots my home from Bayonne. Where the sewage meets the sea. <laughs> you know, I do. It's like, wait, no, I have an impression. Okay, I have an impression I'd like to do. Now, this is my impression of a cannibal passing a friend in the jungle. <laughs> you know, bring Slats back. He could get a Netflix special. 
Oh, yeah, so they, well, welcome they to Prescott. Get your, your own show here. Man. <laughs> JP, what about you? Well, I, yeah, I just wanted to pick up on the quotation thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know. I, and when I think about it, when I really started to, you know, Walt brought it up. Why do you think it has quotation marks? He got us to be thinking about it one night of rehearsal. And for me, if you, it's about perception. Right, imagine somebody's just saying a sentence like, oh, that guy's a very generous guy. But then you've heard people talk and then they do the, you know, the air quotes. Yeah. You know, he's a very generous guy. So what does that mean? <laughs> it gives it a completely different yeah. meaning. And it's about one's perception about what that means. Mm. And so it added a layer for me um, because I came into this, uh, you know, a lot of my life I've been wondering what really is art? I remember having a discussion when I was in high school. Is spin art, you know, you go to the fair and you throw yeah. some paint on a wheel. Is that art? I guess it is. I mean, you know, does it actually produce or evoke something in somebody? So it's a fascinating discussion. Um, so is, is, what was the question that you asked? <laughs> I don't know. I was convinced as a kid watching, you know, uh, you know, not knowing any better, seeing like a Pollock painting or something and going, it, it, the paint must be very expensive. That must be a very high quality piece of canvas. Just not understanding, you know, having no appreciation. So is there anything that JP that you've been involved with that you were with television production series, whatever, that you just thought this is this is it. This is the one and then it was not. It got uh, panned. Yeah, whatever. it reminds me of we were doing some experimental work when I was in Los Angeles. Um, I used to do a lot of experimental work <laughs> yeah, as well. You and me both. I was an unlicensed <laughs> pharmacist <laughs> through most of the 80s. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, was, I was practicing amateur gynecology <laughs> <laughs> myself. Um, That's taking us long uh, down a dark tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Very long road, my friend. But, um, so and and we were this little small theater and we thought pretty highly of ourselves and so we were thinking about the senses right that when you do a play you use the basic two senses your sight and your ears right uh, your your hearing and I'm thinking well you know there are three others so we had heard <laughs> we had heard about you know some kind of smell of vision <laughs> so we thought that we would do a little research on scents that would evoke certain emotions. Um, and so we actually got oils, right, that produced a particular scent that was supposedly, you know, case studies of how it would, you know, evoke this particular emotion. And it just made people sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good idea if you're doing a play about a chef. Yeah, right. Not yeah. so good if you're doing a western. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah that was a big bomb, seriously, because we thought we were going to just take him on this ride, man. Yeah. Paul, what's the worst thing you ever hung on your wall? Ay, ay, ay. Oh, Don't say headshot. probably <laughs> has to do with the... Uh, um, some porno productions in the 90s. Oh, the 90s, huh? A, a collage of Polaroids? Well, I was kind of or like self-portraits. I was what kind of like a recruiter, director, producer, <laughs> actor, videographer. Look, look, um, let's hope looks, that house burned down. Purveyor. His, his quote to fame was, looks like a penis, only smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. You know, so let, let, yeah. Beep. Uh, tell us again where folks can find out about the play, where they can get tickets. Again, this is going up tonight. Give me the run of where, where we it's, open um, tomorrow night, Thursday, February 21st. PCA, Prescott Center for the Arts, stage two, in the alley behind Murphy's, fourth dumpster to the left. You know if you go down a dark alley at night, you're going to see some really good theater. And this <laughs> is not really good theater. It's great And quite theater. possibly uh, some of your old productions that you used to hang on your wall, depending on which alley you're going <laughs> and, on. And uh, we run till March 10th. March 10th. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. If we can, let's start with Jim. I just want to go around... If, if you have anything, website, uh, social media, anything where people can, can learn more about you, you guys, if you have anything. Just Facebook. You know, uh, uh, a lot of people do it. A lot of people don't. 
Yeah. Uh, I just like it because I can get in touch with, with my family and stuff gotcha. like that. And so it's more of a personal on the professional end here at no, the theater? No. That's That's where folks can see you. Yeah, See the you in action. Where I work. Yep. What, much. What's the website again for the theater? PCA.net. Dot net. Okay. PCA. Uh, no, PCA dash AZ. Yeah. I'll put a I'll put a link in the notes. Yeah. Everything from A to Evident, Z. Evidently, the seventies weren't kind to you either. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the actual, I don't I don't do any of the social thing. I'm in witness protection. <laughs> uh, I would like to uh, uh, just close with a, a quote from Pablo Picasso. The purpose of art is to wash the dust of our daily life off our souls. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. For me? Yeah. I'm off the grid. And Well, well you've yeah. got some stuff coming up. No, no, I've actually sanded off my fingerprints. So, uh, <laughs> um, Try amino yeah, acid. I, uh, I stay as far away from Facebook and social media as I possibly can. Um, so, yeah, no, you, you actually can find some information with a Google search. And, and what's, what's on the horizon as far as productions? What's, what's coming after this? It's, I have no idea. Nothing you know? yet? Um, nothing I, slated? No one's committed. Uh, I was asked to get involved in a Shakespeare production that's happening in town with some good folks, but uh, it's going to conflict with... My uh-huh. wedding. I am getting married to Cynthia, the beautiful woman that you know of. Cynthia Sobo. Let's plug it. The Mile yeah. High Comedy Theater is back in action. Yeah, yeah, the improv stand-up. I'm going to be doing some work with them. There'll yeah. be a link for that in the notes because that's part of my intro, actually. I'll be recording later. Yeah, you see some information about Mile High Comedy Club. Come support them. Awesome. Nice. Not to be mistaken with that hack who runs the Mile High podcast. It's two different things. <laughs> ah. They're talented artists. Yeah. And I'm a guy with a van and a microphone. No, you're, you're the Howard Stern of Prescott, media king of Prescott, Matt. No social media. Um, as for future stuff, I'm doing a lot of music. And where where can folks see you play? You play, performing live around here or well, all I'll studio? Be at stuff? Azul on uh, I think the 11th of April. Solo or with a group? I have. I work with a singer songwriter, Joe Berger. Oh, and I'm okay. Also, and I'm also doing some new stuff with a fellow in uh, Sedona who plays uh, the stick. Aha. Uh-huh. Plays the stick. Expand the on stick that, is, please. Um, it's a 10 or 12 or 14 stringed instrument, electronic, electric, like electric guitar, except uh-huh. that you, you touch the string and that activates the sound. You don't it's called the it. Chapman stick. Chapman, yeah, yeah. So that'll be coming up, and I'll now, probably do a website for when that. When you perform with Joe, is that under both your names, or is there a, do you guys? Joe B. and Walton. Okay. There you go. Tall Paul. The Free Radicals. Uh, look us up on our Facebook page, Classic Rock and Blues Band, and also the Northern Arizona Blues Alliance with uh, Chris Berry and Scott O'Neill as our President, Vice President. We have several events coming up all through the year. Looking forward to being part of those, too. What's that rotation on Sundays over at the Windsock? Is that the third? That's the Northern Arizona Blues yeah, but what, Alliance. What do they, I forget when do they play. What Do you remember? It's every other Sunday. Every other. Yeah. I'll put a link in there. That's Two to such five, a, yeah. Such a blast hanging out in there. All right. So, art starting tomorrow, running through March 10. March 10th, yep. March 10th at PCA, whatever that website is that's on the link below. <laughs> PCA-AZ.net. Now, this, again, this theater, nice. the small box theater, uh, stage two in the Black alley. Black box, we call it. Black box. Uh, I, when I walked in the other day, just walking in, seeing the light, seeing the light rack, the chairs, the, the, the intimacy here, uh, it, it, you can feel some energy in this place. So. Mm-hmm. And, but nothing takes away also from the main stage. I love walking in there, the way that that stage is set up, watching some productions. Lost in Yonkers was incredible. Uh, a, a year or two ago, the, the production of Fiddler mm-hmm. just blew me away. How, again, in such a small space, to give you that huge feeling of that village was so great. Albert Einstein said that art is having one hand in the universe and one hand in the world and becoming a conduit to both. And that's what these guys are in this play. They're a conduit to both worlds. And in the audio arts, my wife tells me on a daily basis, put that microphone away. I'm 
tired of hearing you talk. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for sitting down and taking some time. I, again, thank apologize you. for being late. You guys got some rehearsal to get to. Thank uh, you, Matt. What a, what a joy this was. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you very thank you. much. Appreciate yeah. it, Matt. Good yeah. to see you.